Alhamdulillahi wa kafa Wassalamu ala ibadihi alladhi nastafa Amma ba'd Fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Walladhina jahadu fina Lanahdiyannahum subulana Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim One of the tendencies that exists within us is that we are often narrow-sighted. We tend to focus on a very, very narrow bandwidth of things. And unfortunately, in the process, we lose sight of the bigger picture. And one of the beauties of Islam is that it's constantly refocusing us on the bigger picture. For example, it's human nature to get caught up in whatever might be happening in our lives. Right? I mean, uh, I woke up in the morning and perhaps something didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. Or perhaps I was treated in a certain way or perhaps a certain incident occurred. We could become very reactionary to that incident and we could become hyper-fixated on that one particular thing, and we could cry and whine and say, why isn't my life going the way that I want it to, in the direction that I want it to go in? Or we can see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is what? The bigger picture is that everything is from Allah, that when a person has belief, that that belief supersedes everything else, and that in the context of that belief, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always decides what's best for the believer. So perhaps uh, circumstance X didn't work out the way that I intended it to be, but the reality is, is that that is what is better for me. We're not able to see it. We're not able to see the big picture. We're not able to appreciate that there's a grander scheme in play. We get very, very hyper-fixated on the moment. We get very, very hyper-fixated on the event, the circumstance and we lose sight of the bigger picture. This doesn't arise, even, this doesn't arise only in our um, you know, day-to-day lives, but this actually is what defines us as to who we are and why we're here. I mean, think about it for a minute. The dunya is a very, very short period of time for us. We're here for minutes, seconds, in the context of the reality of time. And it's our nature to become very fixated on the lives that we lead in this world. We're fixated on how much we make and how much, what, we, uh, what degrees we have, how much we earn, who we're with, what people think of us. But the reality is, is that Islam widens our focus. It helps us to recognize that there's a context that my life in this world is just a test. 
and I'm coming and going through this place, and that the only reality will be the reality that exists in the hereafter. This is, a, this is basically what you call Islam. Right? I, uh, mo- everybody is the same. Everybody has desires. You go out into the world, everybody desires pretty much the same thing. People desire success. People desire wealth. People desire a home. People desire good company. There's no difference between a Muslim and a non-Muslim in this. Muslims want the exact same thing. What differentiates the Muslim from the non-Muslim is that the Muslim is saying, I prefer to have all of this in the hereafter. I see the bigger picture. I'm not hyper-fixated, focused on my life in this world. I recognize that there's a life beyond this world, and that this world is merely a test, and that that test is going to reveal what's present in the hereafter. So we're always narrowing our focus. We always want things immediately. We want to see things that are immediately in front of us. We want things to happen immediately the way we want them to happen. We get focused on a house here when the reality is the house there. We get focused on success here when the reality is success there. And Islam is opening our, it's broadening our horizons. It's reminding us of the vastness of the universe, the vastness of time, the temporal nature of this world, the permanence of the hereafter. That's the reality of what this deen is constantly doing us, doing to us. We're very quick, we're very hasty, we're very desirous of immediate results. The deen is reminding us to be patient. We want every single thing to go our way. The deen is reminding us to be patient, to recognize that everything is from Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always has what's best in mind for the believer. So if A doesn't work out my way, it was probably good in the fact that A did not work out my way. But, of course, the Muslim sees it that way because they see things in the greater context. That's the background of... I'm just laying a backdrop of something that I want to share. Actually, I'm not sharing my own words. I'm sharing my own words. I'm not sharing my own concept. Uh, I actually was listening to a talk. uh, One of the Arab scholars was giving a talk. And I just... Really, really resonated with me what they were saying, and it's something that I also wanted to speak about for such a long time. Uh, but subhanAllah, the eloquence, uh, I'm not able to come up with the way that they, they were able to make the point. But anyway, the point that they were making was that um, this principle, they weren't talking about all this. I just laid the framework. I'm not jumping into now this, this point that the other scholar was making. But anyway, they were, they were making the point that we, when we make judgments, one of the mistakes in the judgments that we make is that we tend to make judgments based on rarities as opposed to things that are common. And that's because of the human nature that we have to hyperfixate on one thing rather than seeing the bigger picture. I mean, I'll give you an example. Again, just I'm meshing my own stuff with what, what I heard. But anyway, uh, I'll give you an example. You know, people will, will say to you that, like, uh, or forget about people. You'll think in your own head, like, uh, let's say that there's a company that's doing really well. Uh, you say to yourself, oh, you know, if only I would have bought Bitcoin when it was $200. Bitcoin is like $20,000 right now. But it's like everybody thinks in their mind. Like, oh, if I would have bought Bitcoin when it was $200. So they think it's so straightforward, right? 
it's a rarity that something like this would happen, but they think it's so straightforward, like, hey, I would have bought it when it was 200. Then they start calculating in their mind, like, oh, I would have bought a, a million dollars worth. So I would be like a 20 billionaire, whatever you can multiply it. I'm not sure my numbers are not correct. But the reality is, is that, look, if you would have bought Bitcoin at $200, you would have bought very little. And even if you would have bought very little, it would have gone up to 250 and you would have sold it. Like, you weren't going to hold it till it became like uh, $20,000 a coin, right? So you miss the whole reality of the picture. You focus on some really, really rare thing. And there's probably some Bitcoin billionaire who just by accident bought it and didn't even know they had it. But you look at that one guy, you don't look at the other uh, 100,000 people who lost all their money in Bitcoin, right? Uh, same with a stock or an investment or a house or any kind of decision, any kind of decision. People tend to look at the really rare circumstance and they miss the bigger picture, which is that, that would have never, I would have never been able to make that decision. And even if it was, the vast majority of people who involved themselves in this all lost more than they actually made. Where if you were to actually graph like who actually made money in Bitcoin, probably more people lost a lot more money than the one person who made the game. Because that's just the nature of these things. People think like, oh, you know, if I buy stocks, I'm going to make all this money. Most people who buy stocks, they end up losing more money than they make. So uh, the point I'm trying to make here is that human beings, they tend to make judgments based on rarities, things that are rare, things that are not common. And then they extrapolate those rarities. They paint this broad stroke, and they think that that's the reality when that's actually not reality. An example of this, a more important example of this, I was just previously gave you a kind of funny example, but a more important example that's actually super relevant to all of us in this room, and it plays out in so many dimensions of our lives, is the way that we make judgments about others that are around us. The way that we make judgments about others that are around us. And now I'm coming back to the, the scholar. So the scholar was giving the example, a very beautiful example, of the circumstance when the Prophet ﷺ was taking his camel uh, with the Sahaba, with the people, um, for Umrah. And this was the Umrah where they weren't able to complete the Umrah. You all know the famous story. I don't want to go into the, the seerah of it. But the point here is that the Prophet ﷺ is guiding his camel along, riding his camel along. And as they're headed uh, to Mecca, the camel all of a sudden begins to resist movement and sits. The camel, the Prophet Sallallahu camel, sits. So the people, they began saying, Khala'atil Qaswa. Khala'atil Qaswa. That Qaswa uh, has become uh, like uh, stubborn. Qaswa has become stubborn. Qaswa is the name of the camel of the Prophet Sallallahu and um, the Prophet ﷺ, he responded, and he said that the qaswa uh, has not become stubborn. Qaswa has not become stubborn. This is not the nature of, this is not her nature. This is not her nature. Now, the whole story goes on. By the way, it starts Bukhari. It's a hadith in Bukhari. It starts as a very lengthy hadith. It starts, I'm cutting a little piece, and it keeps going. But I just want to focus on this one little piece, these five, seven words that are present in the hadith. So notice what's happening here. There's the Prophet ﷺ's camel. This camel has been serving the Prophet ﷺ for years on end, years on end. All of a sudden, on one instance, the camel becomes 
resistant and quote-unquote stubborn, apparently stubborn, apparently stubborn. And the Prophet, now what happened? The people became very fixated on the moment, right? The people are becoming fixated on the moment, that the camel has become stubborn. So the Prophet, he expands the horizon of everybody and he says, no, 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 no. This camel has not become stubborn. This is not from the nature of the cam- this camel. This is, this is the same camel that we've relied on for so many other circumstances. The, general, the generality of this camel is that this camel is not a stubborn camel. There's a reason that this has occurred. So what's happening here is the Prophet ﷺ is not making a judgment on an exception. The Prophet ﷺ is looking at the bigger picture of what is the asal, what is the or what is the foundation of this camel? So you understand the example that's being given. Now, how is that relevant to you and me? We're not riding around camels that become stubborn. But how it's relevant to you and me is that what happens in life is that as we interact with people, things go wrong. Things don't happen perfectly in life. There's, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. And the tendency of human nature is to harp on a person's mistakes while ignoring the entire picture of the person. Okay, for example, I'll give you a very simple example. You're friends with someone for 20 years. Make it 10, 20, some large number of years. You're friends with someone for 10 years. Give, give, this, give this example. You're friends with someone for 10 years. This person has been your good friend for so many years, year, day in and day out, day in and day out. You rely on them. You're comforted by them. You get to know them. They get to know you. You have this deep, lasting relationship. Something happens that's contrary to your expectation of the relationship. So what happens? Uh, what's the response? The response is, this is not a good friend. I can't believe that my friend did this. I don't trust my friend. I can't believe that they did this. How could they do this? So what happens is we become hyper-fixated on the one event, and we throw out 10, 15, 20 years of friendship based on one circumstance for which we may not even have the entire picture. And we stamp the whole circumstance with that exception rather than looking at the generality of what's the bigger picture here. Another example, there's a scholar. The scholar is serving the community day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. You know, you see, you can't even appreciate because you're not in that domain, but they're, they're serving, they're serving, they're working, they're serving. All of a sudden, let's say the scholar makes a mistake. Whether that's a verbal mistake, a personal mistake, whatever it might be. I mean, human beings are human beings. Everybody makes mistakes. There's no perfection here. Now, when the scholar makes a mistake, everybody rises to crucify the person and hang them on the cross. Right? This is like the common reaction. People don't even know who the scholar is, but everybody on social media, there's this wave of condemnation. Like, nobody knows what this person did. Nobody knows the service that they have to deen. Nobody knows why this, why this mistake occurred. They may not even know if the mistake occurred. By the way, that's a whole separate discussion, right? Half the time... We label people. The thing is not even the, cir- the true circumstance. There's always an exaggeration. There's always some sort of misinformation. There's always some piece of the puzzle that you don't fully appreciate. But what happens is then we take an individual and we're ready to discard them 
based on the fact that they made a mistake and we lose sight of the fact that they did all this good over so much time. Now, who suffers? Who suffers as a consequence of that? We suffer. We suffer because what ends up happening is, number one, we destroy our own relationships. I lost, if I had a friend for 20 years, and all of a sudden there's a disagreement over some small thing, and we can't get over that hump, then in the end, who loses? I lose. Where am I going to find another friend that I, 20, for 20 years? You can't make a new friend and then wait another 20 years, and then some other thing will happen anyway. It's not easy to make a friend that, uh, over 20 years. So who loses in the end? I lose in the end. If we crucify every single person that makes a mistake, whether that's uh, our family member or whether that's a community member or whether that's a neighbor or whether that's a scholar, who's going to lose in the end? We're going to lose. There'll be no scholars left. And in fact, there probably aren't because you can just, you know, you always find some mistake that somebody's made in some sort of statement or some circumstance and, you know, we're ready to just uh, to throw them out. We, we're the ones that lose. But the problem is, is that this disease becomes so pervasive that it eventually destroys our iman. Now, you can say to me, what do you mean? How can it be that if you have a friend and you're not friends with them, that's going to destroy your iman? Or how could it be that if you have a scholar and the scholar makes a mistake and you critique them, that's going to destroy our iman? But the problem is, is that this is a constant and perpetual disorder. This is not some acute problem. This is a chronic problem. If I'm going to go around and you know, make judgments based on rarities, then the biggest mistake is that I'll start making judgments based on the rarity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testing me in the context of all my blessings. And you see this today. You see this today. Somebody, I mean, I cannot tell you the number of people that will come and say, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has wronged me or done me wrong or has tested me and is not being fair with me. And I'm just, my jaw is dropping because first of all, the statement is so extreme. And second of all, it's totally out of context. It's hyper fixated on something that you wanted based on what you thought was good for you, but you lose sense of everything else. I mean, I just pause for a second and say, well, wait a minute. How did you get here? You, 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 you drove here. Were you able to see? Were you able to move your hands? How, have you been eating all your meals? Are you breathing oxygen? Like, people lose sight of all of these blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon an individual and become hyper-fixated on how come my grass is not as green as that person's. Where the grass is always greener on the other side, by the way. So, the problem, you know, yes, we're giving an example of a friendship or a scholar or a relationship or some other circumstance, But the bigger problem is that eventually this disease begins to pervade and spread like a cancer into our entire perspective. And if we lose sight of the reality of the broader circumstance, then we get to the point where we begin to criticize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. And that's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for us to think that way. And it's not uncommon for people to speak that way. And it's, again, a sign or symptom of a much, much, much greater disorder. So this is something that all of us should recognize, that we should broaden our horizons. We should look at the asal, the, 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 the core of the matter. We should look at the core of the matter, not the exceptional circumstances. For example, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests me, I should look beyond the test and look at the billions of blessings that I'm actually taking advantage of. 
Yeah, so what? Maybe I did lose my job. But look at all of the other blessings that I've been given. Yeah, so what? Maybe I don't make as much as the person sitting next to me. But still, look at the, look at, compare myself to how all of humanity has lived since the beginning of time, and I'm still li- living like a king. I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm communicating. I have all of these blessings. I sit in an air-conditioned room. I can tell you, air conditioning is not everywhere. I was abroad, and I, there's not air conditioning everywhere like this. I mean, I'm, it's kind of cold in here compared to like most places in the world. And we have so many blessings that, are, that are, have been um, bestowed upon us. But we become so fixated. Like, how come I can't, like, I mean, this happens, I'm in, I'm in medicine, so this happens to me all the time. People cry and cry and cry, how come I can't get into medical, how come I didn't get into medical school? Or, or not even that, how come I didn't get this specific residency at this specific hospital? And they get so stuck on that that they start saying things that are extreme, that are like super extreme about how nothing has worked out for me and my life is just a mess and I've never been given a blessing and Allah has given so many people so much and what's happening with me. And I'm shocked. I'm shocked at their loss of perspective. They're focusing on like getting, they're like in an ice cream shop. They're choosing between like, they're in the top ice cream shop of the world. They're choosing between six flavors and they're crying why one of the flavors has run out. It's a total lack of perspective. It's a total hyperfixation on themselves and a loss of the ability to broadly see all the blessings that allowed them to get to where they are, including the fact that the universe was created, that they exist, that they didn't pass away in their mother's womb, etc., etc., etc. I mean, the countless steps that have to occur for us to be able to, to take advantage of all the blessings that Allah has bestowed upon us, and instead we become hyper-fixated on some rarities, some circumstances that just are exceptions in the face of those amazing blessings that have been bestowed upon us. So this is a major disorder. And the deen is constantly resetting us. I mean, honestly, you could just say that this, if you wanted to summarize this disease, this disease is being hyper-fixated on us on a very, very narrow bandwidth and not seeing the bigger picture. And Islam is actually always widening our perspective. In the case of Allah, Allah's, we're always being reminded that you can't even begin to count the blessings, let alone... Um, you know, uh, uh, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them. You can't even start to count. You wouldn't be able to count. We're not talking about thanking. We're just talking about counting. You wouldn't be able to count the blessings that Allah has bestowed upon us. So in the context of that, what complaint can we have? Sure, sometimes things don't work out the way that we want. And yes, it's normal to feel the effects of things not working out the way that we want because part of human nature is to invest ourselves in things so that we can advance ourselves and we can take benefit. And so there's going to always be an emotional toll when things don't work the way that we want. But that means doesn't mean that we begin to critique Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and billah and cry and whine because things didn't happen exactly the way that we wanted as if we're some god that should move the universe in the direction that we please. Rather, we should back away from the circumstance and say, Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with infin- infinite bounties this one circumstance didn't work my way. I should be as confident as the fact that I exist, that this was actually not, that, not what was best for me. So therefore, I should be grateful that this door closed and let me look for the next opening. Because honestly, if you actually look at it, if you even back away 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and you look back at your life at all the times you were disappointed, 
all you're going to find is that every time you were disappointed, something better came around, or there was a reason for that disappointment, and you actually appreciated it only much later. And honestly, if you didn't appreciate it in this world, it'll become abundantly clear in the hereafter. It'll become abundantly clear in the hereafter, and all we're going to say in the hereafter is, subhanAllah, all praises to Allah, that this didn't work out the way it was supposed to work out, because now the whole picture has come before our eyes. Or another way to say this, we focus on the pixel, we fail to see the picture. That's, an, that's a, another way to put this. And again, like I said, this is just pervasive, and the deen is always widening our horizon. We have to learn to recognize that this dunya is not the final goal and broaden our horizons towards the hereafter. We have to learn that when somebody does something that, uh, we, that, that may, we may not necessarily be able to see why they did it or it's a mistake on their part, that that needs to be weighed in the context of the broader goodness of who they actually are. And by the way, all of us are going to depend on this on the Day of Judgment. Do we want that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pick out the one mistake, 10 mistakes, 20 mistakes that we made and hang us because of those and condemn us because of those? Or do we want that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually see the asal of what we are, which is that we have iman and, and exempt us from our mistakes and instead reward us according to our iman? Of course we want the latter. Of course we want that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala see the iman in our hearts and overlook the infinite mistakes that we've made. And that's what, inshallah, will happen. And that's the lesson that all of us should learn as well. We should look at the, the, the asal of something, the, 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 the foundation of something, the, 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 sor- the core of something. We should look at the core of the thing, not the exceptions that arise from that core. And this is part of wisdom. By the way, it's part of wisdom in business. It's part of wisdom in life. It's part of wisdom in how we view the world and the hereafter. It's part of wisdom in how we count the blessings of Allah. It's part of wisdom in how we deal with one another, how we want people to deal with us, and how we should also deal with others. So this is a very, very beautiful principle. And this example of the Prophet ﷺ, which I, you know, which even that I took from the scholar, uh, the example is a very, very beautiful example where the camel behaved in a way that was other than its also, other than its um, nature, other than its nature. And the people began proclaiming, the camel has become stubborn. And the Prophet says, no, this camel has not become stubborn because that's not its nature. This camel's nature is not to, become, not to be stubborn. There's a bigger message here. Now, again, the story continues. I don't want to go into why the camel was behaving the way it behaved and the lessons that you can take from that. But I just, just want to focus on this one point, which is that rather than focusing on the rarities, we don't make rulings based on rarities. We make rulings based on the general core of something, the general core of something. So we look at the person. Now, good people do bad things, but they're still good. And by the way, bad people do good things. That doesn't make them good. Just because a bad person doesn't do a good thing, that doesn't make them good. I mean, if there's a criminal, and at the core of their heart they're a criminal, and they do something good, they're still a criminal, because that's the core of what they are. And if there's a bad person, I'm sorry, if there's a good person, and the good person happens to make a mistake, that doesn't turn them into a bad person. They're still a good person, because that's the core of who they are. And that's how we hope to be judged. On the Day of Judgment, we hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will look at core of who we are, which is our iman, and we'll overlook all of our mistakes. Anyway, I just thought that this was just a, alhamdulillah, very 
core message in this day and age. And I would just caution myself and caution all of us that we need to be exceedingly careful about this because, again, it's not something that you can... It's constitutive, you know? This type of thing is constitutive. What, they, what I mean by that is that once you turn it on, it applies to everything, right? Uh, and it'll eventually... This disease, it's like a disease, it will eventually pour over into our own faith. And it'll pour over into our own relationship with Allah. And it'll pour over into us beginning to criticize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for why things haven't worked out the way that we want them to work out. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be able to, to expand our horizons and see the reality of the circumstance around us. And may He make us amongst those who always have a pure and good core. Wa akhirat ta'ana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.